Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Crypto Catch-Up. I'm Pav. I'm Tommy. Hey mate, we've got the final boss week. Final boss week episode. This is final boss week for March. We made it to the final boss. This is it. So it's all exciting. Pretty much just got just over 24 hours from the time of recording where we're going to find out if the interest rate rise will happen or won't happen. That might sound dry to some, but hey, this is what we get up for. I mean, we talked more about the traditional finance and the banking system, I feel like, over the last couple of weeks, especially. But I mean, it's it's hot topic at the moment. We have it to is. cover it and it's it's affecting where we live right now. Well, yeah, I mean, we're seeing it in Bitcoin's price, right? Like, what are you seeing? I mean, we're just pumped up pretty hard. It's- yeah, I mean, I think Bitcoin is up, what, 30% in the last seven days or something like that, or plus 30 mm. something in the last seven days. It's just absolutely insane. Yeah. Considering... Two weeks ago on, you know, Sunday at USDC was under pressure. Yeah. You know, the narrative was completely different to how it is now. Complete round trip. Complete round trip. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think people are potentially front running. The announcement that you mentioned from the Fed, there are a lot of people talking about, you know, quantitative easing, money printers being turned back on. And Do you and, think they'll come up with a new word for for quantitative easing or money printers just to make it sound they, like... They did uh, already, I believe. Yeah, oh, really? I don't know exactly what the word they use, but it, there's like a whole host, there's like a glossary of terms that mean the exact same thing, <laughs> but they actually like to put a different focus on it. But I mean, at the end of the day, everybody knows what they're trying to do, right? It's, yeah, it's going to be printing money and, and yep. you know, the Fed balance sheet... Size just continues to to kind of increase after you know we've seen what maybe six months of it of it easing. Nice to have a, a house with the ceiling that high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That's high right. Ceilings. Spiderwebs be a problem. Yeah, they're all playing by a completely different set of rules, which yeah. we've touched on before. But I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, in terms of the markets, the markets have reacted. Bitcoin is definitely leading the charge. You know, a lot of people asking like, when is all season or when are the alts yeah. going to get their get their go? And that's a good point actually, because. What are you seeing on that front? Because I know this is a bit different. Like everyone's seen us come out of December, January and sort of follow Bitcoin, but we're not quite seeing that now. What's your what's your take on that? I just think the narrative has never been so strong for Bitcoin and it, people have conviction around Bitcoin and the Bitcoin ecosystem. I know we'll talk about some of the top performers. Um, Stacks is one of them that's, that's also kind of, you know, leading out with Bitcoin. Mm. But then if you go down through the altcoins, like even the top assets in the top 10, top 20, some of the L2s, they're just not, keeping pace mm. at the moment, but that obviously could change pretty quickly with all the value that has flowed into Bitcoin if it starts to kind of yep. circulate back back through the odds, which we do often see. But I mean, at the moment, it's just it's just all things Bitcoin. That's the narrative. That's what everyone's sticking to. And it hasn't changed, I guess, in the last kind of couple of weeks. So yeah, you don't really want to short QE. You don't want to short money printing. And, and you know, you don't really want to be short in Bitcoin when the narrative is so strong for, for the whole ecosystem right now. Yeah. yeah. What about yourself? What are you kind of seeing? Yeah, I think just on that exact point, it's pretty hallmark if you go through previous cycles that we don't really see the markets complete. Everyone wants the bear market to be over, right? But one of the key things you need to see is Bitcoin dominance actually start to break to the upside and we start to put in some higher highs there. So, and what that means is the majority of the money sitting in Bitcoin. So until Bitcoin is making up the majority of the market cap or a larger percentage, we don't really see the markets really moving to a bull market narrative. Yep. And, and everyone talks about alt season. Yeah. Alt season essentially is that the Bitcoin dominance or the percentage of market cap in Bitcoin decreases. Sure. And it's going the opposite direction. It's going right the opposite now. direction. Yeah. Totally right. So that's kind of what's the most exciting thing for me in the sense that if you're looking at things pragmatically, you know, just agnostic of what's to come, it's purely the fact that market cap's going up, Bitcoin dominance is going up. So when that Bitcoin dominance reversals, we're going to see an alt 
altcoin, I guess, circulation of price that we've just, you know, money flowing into those sort of altcoins that we probably haven't seen in recent times. And why do you think the narrative is so strong for Bitcoin right now when, you know, when we've seen, you know, the high profile banking failures and everything else? I guess what's your... I think a few things, like it could be just purely that, that the market just has a... I don't want to say destiny, but it's like, it's almost like this needs to happen for the next thing to happen. But I think even the one thing I've probably seen now, this is the second bear market for me is in a bear market, everyone turns into a Bitcoin maxi. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's right. I wonder if everyone's seen their altcoin portfolios just absolutely diminish and they're going, nah, I'm going to, you know. It's like a, it, it is like yeah. a flight to safety. Correct. In yeah. these markets. For me, it's like the equivalent of going back to dollars at yeah. times. Yeah. Obviously, the narrative around dollars at the moment is also yeah. really poor, right? Since the banking collapses and everything else we've seen. And, you know, for me, I know we were talking about 2008 and the GFC and, yeah. and yeah. you know, I guess we don't want that. We definitely don't want that to happen again, but there's definitely some remnants of, of yeah. that with, with what's playing out. And that's essentially when Bitcoin was created. And the reason Bitcoin was created was to move away from this centralized yeah authority that that essentially you know said you, see, said you um, could do what you can do with your value or your store of value so you see that picture of the um the big u-haul truck parked outside of sv bank with the big picture yeah, it's literally like a big truck and someone had gotten like a a poster of jerome powell <laughs> holding up a bitcoin saying this wouldn't have happened with bitcoin yeah right like people trying to withdraw their yeah. money that is so yeah, um, right. hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. But yeah, I mean, but it is. I mean, it it does. You know, we we are obviously pro crypto and and pro digital assets, the whole industry, and obviously Bitcoin is the is the leader in that space. But I mean, anyone looking from the outside in, I I talked before about having a lot of friends that are really skeptical about crypto. They're like, mm. not nah, wouldn't touch it. Mm. Again, in the last couple of weeks, starting to get a couple of messages again and starting to get, you know, people ask the questions, what's happening? I see the market's kind of running. And that for me is an indicator in do itself. You, do you foresee your Uber driver talking about well, Bitcoin I was soon? just going to say hey. that. I was like, <laughs> Uber driver, taxi driver hasn't started talking about crypto again yet. So, you know, that's yeah. not the absolute top signal that we, that we know. Yeah. I, I remember I remember I told a story yeah. about back in, <laughs> back in like, uh, was it? Was it November last year? No, it was before that even. Yeah. The Uber driver, I was, you know, told him I work at a crypto company and he's just like, no, 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 I'll tell you all about crypto. And he started telling me, <laughs> telling me I was wrong about all these things, which I probably was anyway. But, you know, it was funny to see that oh, perspective going to play out. But, I can't um, wait for it to play out again. I think it's yeah. Funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, yeah, for me, it's like, you know, our, you know, that whole narrative around centralization, mm. lack of trust in the banks. We absolutely need the banks. You know, we all yeah, know we that. Yeah, we can't not have them. No, no, we don't. But it's, yeah. but it's, it's like, maybe for, for me, what I was thinking about, mm. maybe these kind of events will lead people to ask more questions of the banks. We kind of take for granted the banks do what they do. They run a fractional reserve system. Yeah. We're pretty much at the mercy, right? Like yeah. the terms are not fair when you sign up with a bank at the end of the day. So maybe changes people's way of thinking and how people actually challenge the likes of the banks and these entities, these government-backed entities going forward. Like that's that for me would be what I would want to see, right? Like I go into the bank, maybe there's a new system or a new procedure where the bank actually has more than a you know a bank guarantee of 250k by the government or there's other ways for you to get access to your value than you know pressing a button on their machine or going in directly to the bank so you know the decentralized nature of how you know the wallets work for crypto is like is there a happy medium place or like an escrow system that we could use i don't know i mean i'm just i'm just kind of 
I was brainstorming about this and, and thinking about, you know, what is the solution for banks now that are struggling with their trust? Crypto, we went through it earlier on in, in 2022. What's the bank's next outlet of trust and how do they build trust with their users when, you know, many people think, no, well, I can't trust the banks anymore. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get my money back. So yeah, they're the kind of things that I, I'd be thinking about. And yeah, I'm sure that there is products and, and solutions that could be built to to help with that. So yeah, it's a, it's a big can of worms, but I mean, it's it is. definitely something to think about, I reckon. It is. I guess just to finish up on what I think is, well, that's not even what I think. I just, I've just been reading what crypto Twitter has been amazing lately, but um, you know, the likes of Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs, all the big guys are analysts are coming out, pegging out no rate rise come end the end of this week. So when this podcast actually launches, it'll be about two hours after we hear the announcement. So you guys listening, First, we'll be, I guess, aware of where we're sitting. Yeah, um, I posted on LinkedIn yesterday. Yeah. It's like, it's like four or five options. Oh, yeah. People are like, you know, people are going to be placing their bets pretty much from now right up to that announcement. Well, yeah, um, you know, are they going to go and long? Like, I guess a long position or a, or a buy position on crypto is really centers around whether you know people think that the Fed are going to pause rates and continue money printing. Yep. And then the short position is that they're going to continue with rates and say that they're going to ease off on the on the money printers, essentially. So, you know, there's a few ways it could go. But yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. I did not want to note that the Fed have added 300 billion US dollars to the balance sheet in the last week. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it wasn't just speculation about the money printers going on. I mean, this yeah. is this when well, it's obviously part of the banking recovery funds that they've had to front up. But it's uh, I thought it was an interesting stat to see, you know how quickly these things can be actioned and, and you know they're just happy to add to that debt clock yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen the website of the US, US oh, there's actually debt clock yeah debt it's clock. a website that detracts it which is pretty cool okay but um, but yeah I mean that's the, listen there was a fair bit in that story and I think we had to kind of break it down yeah it is the other thing I talked was going to talk about and maybe we can touch on it later but like you know Binance talking about liquidating dollars as well yeah did you did you follow I, I honestly once I saw that story didn't know if they followed through and did it or yeah I, yeah. I don't know there there's yeah. no reports going to confirm that it has already happened yeah but again people were front running that event yeah like I think CZ announced they were going to liquidate BUSD correct yeah for Ethereum, Bitcoin, and BNB. BNB. So yep. they're on the Binance native token. So, well, maybe, you know, with this news announcement, I wouldn't be surprised. I think we were talking about as well if there's like a big, dirty move down to the downside just yeah. to wash out all the late people trying to go, you know, to the upside in the markets. So maybe yeah. CZ be the one that picks up the bid. Matt, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I would, if it's not I would strongly agree that, that there's, a, okay. there's a high chance that that happens. But I mean, we, you know, we don't know. Nobody knows what's going to happen in the market. It's also, you know, for people that are trading on margin or trading long and short, you'd be pretty brave to go and short anything around around Bitcoin and, and yeah. ETH at the moment, you know, given everything that's happening, right? Like yeah. it could be it could be a great trade, but I mean it's just too risky at the moment to to take on anything like that for most people. Yeah. And it is funny to see how many people still are quite bearish where we are. Like again, like it's easy to also play the other side of the coin, but to be so strong in a conviction right now when it's literally a flip of a coin both ways. But yeah. we're, I mean, we're talking about prepping for both scenarios, really. Yeah. But yeah. they're the kind of things where you set things up like short squeezes, where everyone's sort of putting a lot of selling pressure on the market, but it just rockets up, yeah. um, takes out a bunch of stops. Everyone, so. everyone likes to when they're skeptical, they like to go backwards in time and say, "Oh well, Bitcoin was." 70 grand US back in X date, right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But, you know, a lot of a lot of new investors have got into the market in January, right? Mm. So like, or December, January, you've you've got Bitcoin at 15,000. 
US dollars. That's now pushing for close to 30K. We're at, I think, 28K right now. A lot of people in tidy profits, I reckon. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we're kind of, maybe we're wearing the rose-colored glasses a little bit with this. But yeah. I mean, you, you know, again, it, it is, the facts are, some people are going to be in pretty decent profit and have traded pretty well for this, you know, first quarter of, yep. of 2023. I mean, Ethereum was, was uh, I think it fell back to like nearly $800 or, or $900 yeah, about that. back in December, right? Yep. So, and that's pushing on about 1800 US now. So, <laughs> I mean, you can challenge it as much as you want and, and many people will, and and rightly so, should challenge me and you, Pav, and our, and our yeah, views. That's what everyone's job is to yeah, do. Exactly right. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, at the end of the day, we've, you know, it, it has been a fantastic, investment class overall in yeah. 2023 so yeah. that's that and that's the fact so what's the top movers man i know you were you're flicking down through a few uh, interesting ones from yeah. last week so i know we talked about you know not a lot of alts uh bouncing right now i'd probably in particular say those people doing their research right now trying to build their watch list now is probably the best time to be seeing what is showing the most strength and seeing okay well if we take a allocation of let's say the top 50 assets what in the last one or two weeks is up the most because what's that showing is that there's a fair bit of strength potentially in those assets to build a, a healthy watch list but what we're seeing is mass network conflux which has been gone ballistic stacks which we've did a bit of a cover on in a couple of weeks in a row uh previously just um, a layer two on, on bitcoin and immutable they've, they've x got a, they've got some they've got a team base in queensland actually mm-hmm. or they've got people in the team they're doing a meetup in brisbane in the next couple of weeks. Oh, yeah? That I think me and you should go to. I think so. We might get along to that and learn about the uh, ordinals and the, you know, the L2 stack. I need, to get, I need to try that ordinal, just see what it's like minting. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. Sorry, sorry, sorry I threw you off there. You're no, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Like we're seeing, I guess, in that space, the theme really is just infrastructure tokens again, like we've hit on that before. Um, AGIX makes an honorable mention back to the top movers list. It took it took, it took a week off. It took two weeks off? <laughs> was it two what? weeks I off? it was two weeks off. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the recent buzz around ChatGPT4 might be a catalyst for that one. So up about 18% as well. So yeah, we're seeing any, everything up in the last seven days from about 70 to 20% in that regard. And hey, Bitcoin even makes the top 10, uh, up 15.68% in the yeah, last seven days. So. I mean, that's really, you know, that's interesting to me. That gets you excited. <laughs> it does when you see Bitcoin in kind of these top movers. I mean, at times we see, you know, assets that are well down the pecking order yep. reaching into the top movers, but uh, seeing Bitcoin in there is great. It's nice. fantastic. It's awesome. But mate, again, like we, we can't keep off crypto Twitter, but the one that's been cycling a bit lately has been the Coinbase CTA. Have you been seeing this? Yes. What's your yeah. take? My take is the guy is insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like a few weeks beforehand, he actually put a Twitter post up on how to make a post go viral. Oh, I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I did, but yeah, it did. So yeah. It's all you reckon. It's all a bit of bit well, ironic. Yeah, it's it's, a, yeah. it's good timing, but yeah. like it, it's still, I think it's still purposefully like driven, right? Like yeah. what what I did do was dig into it. Like I seen it come out, and everyone's got. I got messages about this as well. Like, well, that's said, exactly. Oh, is Bitcoin going to go to a million dollars in ninety days? I was like. I don't know, but but I don't know if it's going to do that. But I mean, you know, it sounds fantastic. I think I, I actually posted on, there was heaps of people sharing it on Twitter and I actually posted, I hope he's half wrong. <laughs> do you know what I mean? If he's half yeah, I'll wrong, I'll be, I'll be, I think we'll all be very happy with that. Take but, that. but yeah, I, I did see this. What I did look at when I seen this this come out, well, first of all, I didn't know if it was a piss take or not. And yeah. It seems like it wasn't a piss take. Maybe it still is, who knows. But I looked at the guy's kind of profile. Yeah. 
And yeah, like he was a far, he was former CTO of Coinbase, right? right. Or is, yeah. he, is he that right now? Uh, I think it's former. Former yeah. CTO. Yeah. But he'd also built some other tech company and he sold it for like 300 million bucks and apparently the guy is super smart. So cool. I was like, he's just a bit bored. Yeah, he's just a bit bored. He's yeah. just, he's just, he's, you know, what's, what's one, what's one million to this dude? It sounds it's like, a pineapple. It sounds like it's, it's a pineapple for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely an interesting one. It's a bit clickbaity and, you know, I guess people are getting around it. And again, like we've always just anything to get people talking and thinking about it right now, yeah. like doing yeah. the research, yeah. but, um, well, it's done its job. It's got people having a look at, yeah. even the, you know, people that weren't interested in the markets are hearing their friends are texting them about it or send them yeah. a link and it's like Starts oh have a look at bitcoin and like you know i kind of a lot of people mm. you know saying oh i, I kind of forgotten about that for now so even if it just generates that kind of interest back in the market and and get more eyeballs on that's good that's that's a win can't, can't be bad yeah what about polygon mate they've they're still adding to their list of partnerships. So we just talked about Mutable X uh, again. So yep. basically announcing an official partnership for their new gaming Ethereum network that they're working on. So those that don't know, Mutable X, that's basically their cheese. It is the Web3 gaming ecosystem. So again, it's not one buying out the other. It's more that they're going to use Polygon for a bit of the infrastructure work. So specifically for those playing at home, there's zero knowledge Ethereum virtual machines. So talking scalability, talking the ability to roll up and do transactions at a much faster pace at low cost. They're just basically picking them as a partner for that infrastructure. So Yeah, I mean, Polygon is, they've been kicking goals. Unstoppable. Over the last couple of years, pretty much. Like, I know we'd probably talk about Arbitrum as well and the other yeah. kind of, one of the other layer twos on Ethereum in a sec. Mm. But um, yeah, Polygon is, they've just been continuously delivering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've got a big community now. Their token price probably hasn't reflected when I was running as, it. As much. It was, it was running probably ahead of the rest of the market for a while. Yeah. But at the same time, it sold yeah. off early. I think yeah. is what we're sort of seeing yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I mate, mean, that's that sounds like they're making good moves there with Immutable. That's good, dude. Other than that, we've got some news from Governance Sachs. Like we mentioned, some of the old TradFi outlets again, but basically they did a bit of, uh, I guess, a presser on about what was 2023's best performing assets, and lo and behold, like the Bitcoin was number one by country mile. So. Yeah. Went, went, don't need to talk about that too much more. Uh, but I mean, yeah, quite a year for Bitcoin. And did you get Arbitrum, mate? Arbitrum. Did you get the airdrop? I don't, I don't know. I, only, I was listening to Bankless podcast. Oh, anyone, yeah. anyone that does listen to tapping into crypto, I, I recommend adding Bankless to your podcast list as well. It's a couple of dudes in the US. Basically, Ethereum nut jobs and <laughs> and um, yeah, no, but it's a really good podcast to get some really good guests on as well. Yep. Um, I was listening to that on the way in the train this morning, yeah, and I'm still not 100 percent sure if I'm actually eligible. Yeah. My my laptop at home, my personal one at home, has all the kind of wallets connected and everything else, so I need to go and check that when I get home. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, the IOU Arbitrum token is or the ARB token is, is already yeah. we looked at it was trading for like eleven dollars. Yeah. We probably need to rewind this story a little bit. But Yeah, we we just kinda <laughs> dived in. We just got we just got carried away. But um yeah essentially Ar- Arbitrum, which is an L two on Ethereum, yep. recently announced that they were launching airdrop of a native governance token called ARB. So essentially we're talking about an Arbitrum airdrop that everybody's getting pretty excited about the token has yet to be distributed, which it looks like it's going out on the 23rd of March. That's yeah, nice. probably US time as well. Yeah. And um, and I mean, I guess it's it's just 
really for people to be eligible, you had to show there's a there's a heap of Massive different criteria. there's a there's a heap of yeah. different criteria of, yeah. um, available, which which again is why I'm not sure if I actually qualified for it. But yeah. trading on some decentralized exchanges like GMX and um, actually swapping tokens yep. across to the Arbitrum layer too, yep. as well through the Arbitrum bridge is is just two of the criteria that I know about. I know yep. there's a whole host of them for yep. different types of participation as well. So. That's I mean, it. It's all yeah. about participation, right? So yeah. it's about yeah. being active, contributing, helping I like, keep the system up. Yeah. I like the way in the podcast this morning they broke down how the, you know, a couple of ways that the tokens are going to be distributed. Like mm. I can remember back to like Uniswap where it's just if you just logged into Uniswap, you got an airdrop, whereas they are they're making it a bit harder. I guess they really want the true community, the true users of the network yep. to get the most benefit out of this. So even, you know, we we always hear about airdrop farmers. Like, yep. you know, you're an airdrop farmer, Pavic. Tried to be. You are a little bit of an air, airdrop hit farmer. And hit and miss all the time. Yeah. I usually get like two of the three requirements and yeah. then I just like... Yeah. But but any, anyway, essentially they were saying that, you know, people that were trying to farm the airdrop were going to be like penalized for it. So yes, you uh, can participate, but they had like, I guess, a, a set of metrics that determined whether people were just trying to farm it as well. And yeah, then cool. they're actually deducting, deducting what your, what your, your points towards the eligibility. So yeah, nice. it's good. I think it's a really fair system, which is, which is pretty cool. So, I mean, good. yeah, again, a lot of people are, I guess, foreseeing that this could be the first of many when it comes to airdrops across the Arbitrum ecosystem. There's some new, and there's some new, I know you were, you were talking earlier about some new Arbitrum projects mm -hmm. with real low market caps popping up. So yeah, interesting to, to keep an eye on those as well. Yeah. And, and yeah, just to break it down, like if you're not familiar with what the hell is an airdrop, it, it basically is exactly as Tommy said, just participating in that ecosystem, doing some trading on some decentralized exchanges. Yep. And you using get, some and of you the get products. tokens. You just get tokens like dropped a, straight into your wallet, yeah, essentially for like, for your activity. Basically, like an early adopter reward. So the idea is like you would then you know look to reach out to the community if you notice any bugs, just help them refine their product, um, all that sort of jazz. So what everyone wants to know right now, though, yeah. is like what what's the token actually going to trade for when it, you know, first of all, am I going to get some? And then second, what's it actually going to trade for when it comes out? Gonna, yeah. And is there going to be a big sell-off or a big kind of liquidity run on it given where the markets are kind of at? It's so, pretty, pretty timely listing, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Could, could buck the trend, but like all previous listings, we have seen that pump and dump type of event. A lot of people like to yeah. chase that, but. Well, I think that even the distribution itself is going to be staged. So oh, like nice. you're not going to get the full whack of tokens from day one. So you can just go and liquidate them on the market yeah, and okay. dump the market. That's good. So that's good. You know, they that's have the whole stages. Price up. Yeah, exactly. So mm. that should that should help with it as well. And I mean, if people are, if the right people are getting the tokens, yep. it means that they're probably pretty bullish or pro that ecosystem and network anyway. So yep. the good chance they'll be um, calling a bit. But yeah, that's cool, mate. Mate, we had we had a couple of questions come through on the AMA on the Instagram, I believe, was it? Nice. So I'm going to ask you, Pav. Do you think with all the banks going down, Bitcoin will start to decouple from macro markets? I know you love a bit of macro. I love yeah. love some macro. Um, it's a good question. Jeez, our listeners are smart. And uh, that's a, that is a really good. That's a really good question. Um, not that I'm surprised. Look, I think if you look historically at what's happened in the past, like number one. The Bitcoin is born out of a, I guess the banks destabilizing. So this is only the second time that we have to go by a play like this happening, I guess, to know what effect it will have on Bitcoin prices. But one thing we have got more data on is the uh, US indices. So, you know, the S&P 500, 
So usually that's tracking, you know, top 500 shares on US equities markets on that particular exchange. So there are points where Bitcoin does track quite nicely with the S&P. And there are times where it breaks the um, correlation that it does have. And whenever that does happen, it and there is an inverse correlation. If you actually look at the data, it actually shows to be quite an opportunistic time to look at, you know, acquiring Bitcoin because it's essentially showing that US equities, which is a much larger market, they're going to the incline, but Bitcoin's going the opposite direction. So it's still an on-risk asset. So, I mean, the relevance on the banking here is probably more to say that it's a news catalyst. You know, we've had other things go on in the past before where stock markets have taken a bit of a dive. This is just another one of those events that we just have to wait and see play out to know exactly what's going to happen. But I think it going down, I don't see a decoupling from the macro markets, but if it does, it won't be for long. Yeah. Because that's just how the nature of Bitcoin is. It's almost like a tech stock, if you want to think of it. Like it is decoupling for a short period of time because there's a different market cap, different asset class. And then, you know, if, if the whole asset class is moving yeah. on risk. You mentioned yeah. on the data. I mean, if, yeah. you, if you go back the lifetime of Bitcoin or mm. at least at least kind of since 2015, 16, mm-hmm. the times in which it's decoupled yep. has been pretty minimal. Yep. Right? Like it, Very short. But but yeah. the, the narrative does <laughs> does kind of, come out and, and it's pretty loud once it does decouple because people like people in crypto in this industry mm. like to talk about decoupling events as yeah. if it is a different thing or and it's going to continue to increase but the you know more often than not it, it does kind of pair itself pretty closely to macro yeah. markets again after that happens it so, does so yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's yeah. it could yeah like you said i think it could it could happen for a brief period of time yep but again i don't i don't think it's going to be a long-term trend no, and it's most likely to keep happening again for short term, short periods of time. And all I would say to anyone is go look at it yourself and you'll see it might be almost like a bit of a buy or sell indicator. Yeah. So it, it's another way to track the markets at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, like, it, it is a great question and it is, it is, I think, one that many people are interested in. And uh, thanks for your answer, Matt. That was yeah. pretty good. No, that's all right. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for today. She's a wrap. She's she's wrapped, mate. I mean, thanks everybody again for tuning in. That was that was good, Pav. Follow us uh, obviously at tapping into crypto across the socials. Follow us on Twitter. Follow SwiftX as well. Comment and we had a few questions go out across Twitter last week ugh, on <laughs> new features and products that we're looking to get some input on from the community yeah, about, which is, which is pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, looking to uh, looking to help the users and the listeners help shape the the future of all the things we do here. Yep, and. Uh, Final shout out to close this off is is to Denny, who is our absolutely fantastic videographer here at SwiftX, and he helps us get set up every day. And we just found out this morning that he can see sounds. Yeah, so yeah, interesting fact. We'll uh, we might see if anyone comes in with questions about that, but I mean, you've heard it here, so it must be true. That's absolutely. All yeah. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> see ya. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 